So we're going to read from John 16, from verse 23 to 24. Amen. And in that day you shall ask of me nothing. Truly, truly, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. And you know, all through the Bible, and I can say for, with confidence that God's desire was communication with his people. It was his desire for us to talk to him. It's God's desire for you and I to call upon his name in faith, believing. And you know, not just when it's, uh, we're going through a hard time, not just when maybe someone we love is ill or we're having relationship problems, employment problems, we should be calling upon his name all the time. And you know, in a survey asking why Christians do not spend time in prayer, sadly, one of the answers and one of the most used answers was a complaint that their prayers were unanswered. They had not received what they were asking for. And you know, then we've got to ask from their perspective then, did God fail to keep his promise? Were the words of Jesus in our reading here, were they, from John 16, were they just empty? Were they meaningless? But you see, the reality is, that if there's no answer to prayer, as we see it, the fault does not lie with the Lord. It lies with us. And you know, we'll look at it a bit deeper, but sometimes, it doesn't matter where you are in life, whether you're maybe in management or you're a parent or you're doing something for someone and people will ask you to complete a particular task and they will tell you this is the way they want it done. And if you don't do it their way, you don't know what you're doing or you're wrong and uh, you won't listen to them. But the reality maybe is that you actually do know better. And the particular task you're doing, you've done before and you can do that task. And sometimes people call and pray for things to the Lord. And, you know, they don't see the whole picture. God sees the whole picture. God knows their future. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, when Joseph was in the cell in Egypt, he prayed, Lord, get me out of here. Why am I here? But, you know, God knew the future. God knew he was going to use Joseph to save Israel when he made him second in command only to Pharaoh during a time of famine. And so maybe that's the, 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 the reason that you see your prayers unanswered that you don't see the fact that God actually knows better than you. And when you bring something to the Lord, you've got to leave it with the Lord. But as I said, we'll look at that a bit deeper in a minute. We need to search the scriptures like the disciples did and, and, and ask, Lord, teach us to pray. You see, the Lord has laid down certain principles of prayer. And I believe if we follow them, that we will be assured that God will hear and God will answer our prayers. And so I've listed some of these principles that I see in the Word of God. And the first one, we've got to pray according to God's will. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. You see, to pray in God's will is a recognition that he is Lord of all. It's a recognition 
that he alone has unmatchable wisdom. He has unmatchable power and unfathomable love. He knows more than any man knows. He knows your future. He knows what's in store for you. Often we think that we cannot live unless we have our own way. I'm not a country and western fan, but there's a song by Garth Brooks, and he said, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayer. And I certainly thank God at times for unanswered prayer, some of the things I prayed for when I was younger. God knows the future. And we need to go to the Lord. And we need to trust him when we come. And we need to pray for healing. We need to pray for our daily bread. We need to pray to give us the many things that we think we may need for life, but then we will trust him that he will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. So we need to pray in God's will. And you know, there's something, you know, think about this later on, as we should do after we hear the word of God. Praying in God's will. It's never God's will for you to pray against someone. You know, I've heard people tell me that they prayed against certain individuals, even Christians about other Christians. That's not God's will. God's will is you pray for those that curse you, bless those who, who, who are against you. Pray for your enemies. It's not God's will that we, as we're looking at in a minute, we seek things for self. We all seek all things for his glory and for his honor. Then secondly, we need to pray in the name of Jesus. You know, it's important. It's not just words that you're meant to put at the end of a prayer. Think about why we pray in the name of Jesus. And I think it's because when we approach the Lord, sin can cause a barrier between God and us. And therefore, these sins need to be removed. But we cannot remove them by our works or by sacrifice. We cannot go back to yesterday and relive our lives over again. Mistakes have been made. But you know something? Even tears won't remove our sins. The fact is that Jesus removes our sins and that he did this by his shed blood on the cross. And so now, in the name of Jesus, we can boldly approach the throne. In the name of Jesus, we can call upon the Lord. When we come to the Lord, we have to come to the Lord through Christ. He is our intercessor. And we will find a loving Father who will lift our burdens and give us strength to bear them. Again, our reading, John 14, 13, 14. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, as many take this verse. And they, they put this name it, claim it thing on it. That's not what the Lord is saying. Because again, he told us explicitly, we have to pray in his will. And so whatever our prayers are, there's the, the important thing, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. We should never ask for anything that is not in accord with the mind of Jesus. We should never ask for anything that is not in accord with the mind of Jesus. And you know, I don't know about you, but I've had situations in life which have been horrendous, to say the least, emotionally, both emotionally and physically. And sometimes I've got to the place where I'm praying and I don't know what to say. 
I don't know what to pray for. Do you ever, you're just so lost and so down sometimes that you don't know what to pray for. You don't know what to say to the Lord. You know, that's why we should pray for the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will lead you and will guide you. And when words seem to fail you and you just don't know what to ask, the Holy Ghost can come upon you and give you peace. The Holy Ghost can come upon you and give you joy. Even as you, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, start speaking in tongues, God speaks to you. And you know, sometimes I feel it's better if we just shut up when we don't know what to say and let the Lord speak to us. And God will give you that. He will put that, these words in your, in your heart. It says in Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Another translation reads, with groans that words cannot express. So by his Spirit, God discerns our thoughts, our deep yearnings. You know something? Before you even come to the Lord in prayer, he knows what you're going through. He knows even the requests you're going to make to him. And he will help you by his grace and give you his strength. You know, don't feel that when you're lost for words that you're doing something wrong. You're not. You're hurting. And God knows you're hurting. Other people might see the, the, the mask that you have donned and you're looking happy and all glory and hallelujah and away. But you know, God sees behind the mask. And those things, that the, the, the problem which is maybe eating away at and, you, and you, you just don't know how to pray or you don't know what to say, then just let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. And again, one of the most important things about prayer is we've got to pray believing. But what does that really mean? Pray believing. Prayer should not be repetitive. And although it's nice to recite from a book, but these are someone else's words. And there's some lovely books you can buy with thoughts in them and little prayers, and they're all good. I'm not condemning them in any way. But you know something? When we pray, we should pray from the heart. Pray to God from the heart. I remember I was asked to take part in a, in a funeral. I wasn't the officiating minister. It was another minister was there. And the family knew me, and I knew the deceased, so they asked would I go and pray. Or, and so I spoke to the minister. And, well, he wasn't all for it, but let's say he agreed. But as I sat there, I was able to see his notes. And you know, ministers never let them stand behind you because they're always looking at your notes when you're preaching. But I was looking, and this minister, he said something. He read from this book a phrase, and the congregation said something like, Amen. And then he read something else, and the congregation said, Amen. And he went through about three pages of this. And then he closed the book, and the funeral was over. And he asked me to pray. And I thought, what on earth happened there? You see, brothers and sisters, that's not from the heart. And I'm not, that's his training and that's what they do. God bless them. But it's not enough for me, folks. When you're praying, you pray from the heart. It's nice to have someone's words to encourage you, to give you, prompt you. 
But God wants to hear you. And whenever you pray from the heart, pray believing. Because it's you talking to Almighty God. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. James 1, 6 and 7. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. We pray to the Lord because we believe. I go to prayer meetings because I believe God hears and answers prayer. And we should come before him believing. And again, thinking of what we've already said. Believing that he's not just going to give us everything we ask for. He's going to meet our needs. He's going to take us to a place where he knows we will be safe. He's going to supply us with what we require. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. And he will give you that peace. And when, when you believe, when you believe that he will answer your prayer, and you will, he will answer your prayer for his glory, I quote it all the time, and I'm going to quote it again. Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. That is the testimony of a man who spent his life praying. And you know something? That could be your testimony if you spend your time with the Lord. Another principle I believe in prayer is pray without being selfish. In James 4 verse 3 it says, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your own lusts. That word amiss means not quite right, inappropriate, or out of place. And there are two words translated amiss in the New Testament. Atopos, which refers to that which is improper or harmful, and kakos, which refers to that which is evil in the sense of a disaster, or, or to that which is wicked, or that which is morally wrong. In James 4 and 3, I'm told the purpose of that prayer uh, 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 praying amiss is because it's evil and it's therefore it cannot be granted. We ask amiss when we ask anything for our honor and for our exaltation of self. And I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for yourself. You should pray for yourself. But any prayer that you pray, we need to learn that whatever we do in life, it'll bring glory to God. If we want the Lord to heal us, then we're praying, Lord, heal it. Heal me and give me a testimony that I may glorify your name. Lord, deliver me that I may testify to the glory of your answering prayers. That's not praying selfishly. We can be innately selfish. We're human. But when we pray and we say, Lord, receive the glory. Lord, move in glory. Lord, bless this church. Fill this church. Not because I'm preaching because of your glory. Not because of our elders, because of your glory. Not because we want everyone to say, Glen Mackin's a wonderful church. We want to see people saved for the glory and honor of the Lord. We always have to note what Isaiah said. He said, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. And neither my praise to graven images. It's very important 
I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. Let's do all our prayers. Bring glory to the Lord. Another important principle is pray with a forgiving spirit. Matthew eleven twenty five. When you stand praying, forgive. If you've ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. This tells me there's no use in praying if I'm harboring a grudge against anyone. We have got to forgive. We've got to accept. We've got to love others as Jesus has forgiven, loved, and accepted us. You know something? There's no exemption clause here. There's no excuse. You can't come to the Lord and say, ah, Lord, but you don't understand the way I've been treated here. The Lord doesn't understand the way you've been treated. And the Lord will hear you whenever you say, Lord, forgive them and help me to forgive if you're struggling with that. We've got to forgive. There's no exemption clause in this. There's no excuse. Our prayers go nowhere when we're blinded by an unforgiving spirit. And you know something? An unforgiving spirit doesn't just ruin your prayer life. It ruins your praise. It ruins your walk. Because you're letting something eat away at you. And if someone has done you wrong, they're getting on with their life while you're continuing to let it destroy you like a cancer eating away at you. Colossians 3 and 13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgive you, so also do you. You know, it's maybe one of the hardest things for us as human beings if we're honest Because we can confess before everyone, yes, I forgive you. You know, the uh, illustration I often use about it, uh, I think describes it. If I was in your house and you wanted to make me a cup of coffee, and I said yes, and you went in to make me a cup of coffee, and when you come back, there was five pounds missing from your fireplace. Well, you'd initially think, I must have dropped it because Pastor Allen wouldn't take it. But then you find out a week or two later I'd taken it. And so I come back to your house and I said, I'm sorry, there's your fiver back. I was stuck for money. You'll say, don't worry, I forgive you, Alan. But I guarantee you, you'll hide your money. But Jesus would probably put 50 pounds in the fireplace. That silly little illustration, but think of it. Oh, yes, I forgive you. And you genuinely will get on with it. But just in case, I'll hide that fiver there. We've got to forgive others. And forgiveness, as far as God's concerned, is forgetting. And I thank God he has forgotten my sins. I thank the Lord that the things I did in the past are as if they never happened in God's eyes. And I think everyone should appreciate that. The world can maybe remember. You'll meet people maybe that knew me when I was younger. And oh, I remember he did this, he did that. But you know something? In God's eyes, they're wiped clean. And we thank the Lord for that. And I think sometimes the biggest struggle we have is not just forgiving others, it's forgiving ourselves. We all make mistakes. God's forgiven you, and you should forgive yourself and understand again that your sins have been wiped clean. Because when we pray, we ask the Lord to forgive us our sins. And it's something we should always do. Because the reality is we're sinners by nature. We have thoughts, we have desires, which we're, if we're honest, are not godly. Pride, 
slips in, anger slips in. Each one of us need to confess our sins before Almighty God and be cleansed. Psalm 66, verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So forgive others and forgive yourself. Another important element is pray without becoming impatient. Again, Hebrews 11 and 6, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Basically, diligence means love. Not giving up. Continuing to pray. The Lord is a rewarder of those that seek him. Those that love him. And you know something? Love and trust in God. You don't give up. You continue to pray. Because why do you continue to pray? Because you know the Lord will hear your voice. Continue to pray. Don't give up praying. A love that does not give in is a love that God will honor. You know God will provide. People who love the Lord, who have a real need in their heart, they won't give up because they know that the Lord will hear them, the Lord will bless them, and the Lord will answer their prayer. And you know, lack of perseverance is giving up too soon. I have a, a sort of like an unsaved list of people that I pray for every night. And some of them people have been on that list 20 years. But you know something? I'm still going to pray. I'm not going to give up. And I know two very important people in my life on that list was one of my grandfathers and my father. And I led the both of them to the Lord on their deathbed. God answers prayer. Don't give up, folks. Continue to pray. Pray for that son that's gone a bit wayward. Continue to pray for that daughter who knows everything there is to know about everything and doesn't want to know the Lord. Continue to pray. Don't give up. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for whatever need the Lord has put in your heart. Romans 4, 20, 21 says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that that what he, God, had promised he was able to perform. As I've said, Joseph prayed all the time. Think of his father Jacob. He prevailed in prayer. He would not let go until the Lord blessed him. Elijah and Mount Carmel, because he was committed in prayer, there was no sign of rain. The widow, she prevailed with the unjust judge. Jesus said, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, Though he bear along with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Brothers and sisters, there's many things I'm sure you can think of, principles of prayer. But the most important thing that I really feel the, the, the world needs today is prayer. We need to pray. We need to pray for the young today. We need to pray for the elderly today. We need to pray and believe that God can turn things around. If you look at the, what is happening, I mean, even look at the media and the way the media is trying to control and shape the minds of young people. Do you know there's organizations which say that Christians corrupt the minds of children 
And that's why they don't want RE or Christianity taught in schools. But they want everything else taught in schools. We need to pray. Believing that God will hear and touch our land and protect our young. I told you about the new app that's uh, coming out. It's for young people. uh, For news that is relevant to them. Well, look it up for yourself. Do you see what they say is relevant? Choosing your own gender. Apparently that's relevant. Choosing your own partner, whether it be male, female. This is relevant, allegedly, to young people today. Brothers and sisters, we need to pray for the young of the flock, for the young in this world. You know something? Depression and suicide, particularly amongst young men, has never been as high. Do you know why? Because they have no identity. They don't know who they are. They have no hope in their life. They have no peace in their life. The church needs to pray. The church needs to pray. And to pray for those that are doing this, that God will open their minds that they may see what they are doing. I don't see them as an enemy. I see them as people who are lost and need God in their lives. I want you to pray for them. You know, you, you say things and people think you're talking a load of nonsense. I remember I said a long time ago when they were talking about uh, abortion in Northern Ireland, I said it'll not be too long till they're talking about euthanasia for old people. And it's one of the European countries, it's now before their parliament, that you can decide when to die. And your family, if you can't make that decision, will decide for you. Brothers and sisters, that is wrong. Life is precious in God's eyes. And I understand, I've seen people suffering, believe me, but it still doesn't give us the right to take their life. This is what's going on in the world. And this is what God's people need to pray about. Life is precious in God's eyes, whether it's a young life or an old life. And people are precious in God's eyes, whether they're young or whether they're old. And you know one of the most important things, we was praying on Wednesday evening at the prayer meeting and adding my amens to other people's prayers. And God really spoke to me. And I really felt God telling me, this is right, praying for this need, praying for that need. But I felt the Lord tell me, there's people here who need prayer. There's people here who need someone to pray for them. And it actually was confirmed for me when, I'll not say who, but say one of the people there prayed, and the prayer that they prayed confirmed what God was telling me. And so we kind of split up and started to pray for each other on Wednesday evening. And it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And you know, we need to do that. See that brother or that sister sitting beside you? You might have been watching them this morning. You're watching them with the hands raised. You're watching them smiling and shaking hands with everyone. Maybe even taking a chance and giving them a hug in this COVID times. But you know something? It's what I said earlier on. There's a mask there. And there are people here this morning and they're hurting. And they're hurting emotionally. They're hurting physically. And you know all they need? Someone to just say, I'm praying for you. 
or even someone to sit down beside them and pray for them. Not saying, tell me all the details, but just, I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to share with you and pray God's blessing on you. You know something, when somebody does that, it just helps you. It helps you, brothers and sisters. I've had people saying to me, you know, I wish I was like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, sir, he won't get offended. I wish I was like Hugh Sloan, shouting and praising the Lord with a big smile on his face all the time. But you know something? You don't know Hugh. Hugh could be going through something, but the beauty of Hugh is he'll just praise the Lord anyway. But it doesn't mean he's not hurting, and he's not, by the way. Okay, so... We need to start thinking about each other. Pray for our land. Pray for those in authority. We know all that. Pray for each other. You know, if your natural brother or sister was hurting, you would do all you could to help them. And maybe you can't help them, but you can pray for them. And it's something to think about, as I've said, church, just to to pray with someone. We're all friends, and sometimes we're sitting down and talking, and I kind of think sometimes of the, the opportunities I've missed. Because you're trying to talk to someone and go to someone else and someone will say to you, you know, my sister's not well. And will, why did I not just sit down and say, well, come on, we'll pray for your sister. Or, I'm not well, well, come on, we'll pray for you. Church, get that desire to pray. To pray for each other. To support each other. To let someone know that they're not on their own that they're not on their own. I read the testimony of a minister once. And he said, you know something? Or he said to his congregation, he said, the pulpit is the loneliest place on earth. And then one of his congregation, this was like a testimony thing, one of his congregation said to him, this was personal situations he was going through, but it wasn't the church, but anyhow, one of his congregation said, but you're up there every week, you're leading the worship, you're singing, you're coming and shaking everybody's hand, saying, have a wonderful day. And he said, but that's the point. Behind that facade, I'm hurting. Now, it was nothing to do with church. This was personal things going on in his life. See, you don't know. Somebody could be in a position. One of our praise team could be up there, playing away, smiling. But their home life could be a mess. Someone they love could be very ill in hospital. And all it takes is just someone to sit down and say, I'm with you. They could have someone at home who's ill that they're worried about. Just to be able even for them to talk about it and really say from their heart, it's hard. You know, when you're looking, I've spoke to people who have looked after people at home and they won't say to the person they're looking after, this is hard, this is burning me out. But I've spoke to people and have said to me, Alan, it's burning me out. I love them, and I'll do everything I can for them. And so just to sit down and pray with them and let them know, you know, you're not on your own. The Lord's with you. I'm with you. I really feel that call this morning to say to you, this is not deeply theological now. This is just from the heart. It's so encouraging when someone prays for you. So encouraging when to know that somebody's there. I love that song. 
an old, old uh, song. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. Somebody cares. When you feel all alone, somebody's there. He'll wipe your tears away. He'll turn your night to day. When you feel all alone, somebody cares. And that one who cares is Jesus and also you. Do you care about your brother and sister? Well, why not pray with them? Why not even let them know you're praying for them? And why not support them? Because that's what I believe Jesus wants us to do. And I'm not going to ask you to pray for anyone now, but I do feel we can open up the, the altar and we can pray with people. Let's just, I'll finish there. We'll, let's just have a time of prayer. So praise team will come back and lead us before the Lord. The altar will be open. If you'd like the elders.